Finish the sentence. I'd rather be in... Movies. Um, songs. Uh, my bed. Duh. I think you guys didn't get the question. Yeah. I did not get the question. But <laughs> I thought you guys were like, I'd rather be in the Bahamas or something. Yeah. I didn't I know it was a location thing. You'd yeah. rather be in music? No, what does he, that even mean? Songs. No, he was like, what did you say? I said movies. Yeah, so when he said movies, I was like, uh, 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 songs. <laughs> well, my headspace was like, I'd rather be like, I don't know. I was just thinking like entertainment for some reason. Okay. And like, I was just not thinking physical location. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's my dumb head right now, but <laughs> my dumb head right now. <laughs> the Rosa brain. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, I would really, really love to be in my bed right now. No sleep uh, for a while now. We're um, we're um, uh, on like Ramadan is almost finished. So 20, what? Twenty six. Twenty six night. Yeah. Twenty six Rosa today. Yeah. So almost almost finished. But um, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Strange Flavors. This is brought to you by Alif Theory. My name is Faraz. My name is Kwazir, uh, a.k.a. Shimmer. I don't know. Uh, My name is Amber. Kwazir. All right. Uh, if you want to follow us on our social media, we are at Strange Flavors on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can almost also email us strangeflavorspodcast at gmail.com where you can also send us your music. Uh, so what's going on recently, guys? Okay, so like to shift this into a more serious topic, I know it's like right early in the podcast, but we've had a lot of people in the public eye recently um, committing suicides and mm-hmm. stuff. It started off with Kate Spade, and then what was the other person's name? Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, yeah, and then, I mean, this isn't a famous person, but it was in a very public way. Someone jumped off of the roof of Al-Haram Mosque. It's in Mecca. Um, but yeah, I think it's crazy. I know. Well, personally, like I had like so many friends and people around me, like my dad and all my friends, they like loved Anthony Bourdain mm-hmm. and like watched all this stuff. Personally, like I saw a few episodes and stuff either, but like I knew his impact and like mm-hmm. everybody wanted his job. Like he was traveling the world, trying different foods. Yeah, he's, he's a, a great chef too. Yeah. And like, he's a white person and like, he's representing so many, not representing, but like experiencing different cultures yeah. and showing like, oh, it's cool to like mm-hmm. share different cultures. Yeah. He was stuff. always a great like travel uh, blog and um his his like critique on food was awesome um i remember like no reservations which is one of his shows um he did an episode on uh turkey and he covered it better than anybody that i've ever seen uh that's done it uh, before that and it was just like in such a beautiful way really got down to like the culture uh really explored the food he wasn't afraid to try anything and like he kind of like he's he's very like uh blunt with it and very Mm -hmm. honest and so it was always awesome to see him uh, doing all that kind of stuff and yeah it's crazy like you wouldn't think it was, he, he did that in france and i think the person that he was with said that you know they didn't see it coming at all so mm. um you know it's yeah it's it's, it's very sad what about yeah. kate spade yeah so i mean i'm like obsessed with success stories and yeah. so i would listen to her story on how i built this three different times and honestly like her whole story of how she built the company from scratch and like from having absolutely nothing and working on a company that seemed dead for like six, seven years and kind of having that breakthrough and, you know, having even her idea of how she wanted her bags to be. She had like a very unique style and kind of wanted to do something different. And it wasn't until like after I really heard her story where I started to like, you know, respect her brand and respect what it was that I even went out and was like looking to purchase one myself. But she ended up selling the company for like two point six billion, no, six billion dollars or something like that. But it was, you know, she built a company up from the ground with the help of her husband, of course. And, you know, I think it's very sad that, you know, I had literally just listened to her story like maybe three months ago again. I would I would see like her bags everywhere or like her clothes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I would see the name. It's an it's like a fashion icon staple. Yeah, and I would like see it everywhere. Like I mm-hmm. that was like one of the few brands like I knew. I mean that just goes to show like it doesn't matter about the the way that we uh, everybody measures success in such a different way and it's mm-hmm. never about the money and the fame and everything. Like you never know 
uh, who's really going through something. Right. Yeah. And I think her husband came out with a statement um, because a lot of people were saying, you know, oh, like you need to get help when you have issues and this mm -hmm. and that. And, you know, the husband came out and he was like, I don't know where you guys are getting this information from, but she's been trying to get help for five years. It's just that she's had a really hard struggle mm -hmm. with it regardless, even with getting help. And I think that really emphasizes on, you know, one, how depression affects us all d differently and how mental health is really important for all of us. And even I, I say this to just people generally that even if you're feeling some type of way, you don't even think you need therapy. It's good to just talk to somebody, whether you yeah. use your friend as a therapist or you actually go to a therapist and you kind of work through your issues. It is a lot more helpful. And a lot of times in our culture, um, parents will say like, oh yeah, you just need to pray more or like, you know, you know, you just need to like not worry about that. Just like stop being sad, stop being depressed. But um, that goes, when the man jumped off um, the building in Mecca, like you can be in the holiest city in the world for Muslims and still not feel, and still feel depressed. Like that doesn't take away from the level of, I think that really speaks to how mental health affects us. Yeah. And we can't just wash it away, brush it away. Mm -hmm. It truly, truly affects us all differently. And when these things happen, uh I think it's great that everybody gives out the uh, the suicide prevention hotline and everything like that, mm -hmm. and we'll actually link it in the description too. But uh, you know, it, it it shouldn't have to come to uh, that point where like you're finally uh, being an advocate for like checking up on uh, your friends and family. I think you should be yeah. doing that regardless. Regardless, regardless most yeah. definitely. I think that it's really important that you know, even if you see your friends that aren't, you know, maybe doing the best, you know that your friends are going through something, even if they're not, genuinely, you should be checking in on the people that you care about because they could be going through anything. And um, with that, if anybody listening has anything that they want to talk about, that they feel like they've had suicidal thoughts or they have depression, or not whatever. only check out the suicide prevention hotline yeah. below, but you can hit us up personally yeah. and we'll talk to you. Definitely hit up your friends and your family if you need to. Um, but just know yeah, that we are also anonymous here. And we'd, we'd love to, you know, uh, give you whatever we can um, yeah. in, in response to further help out other people uh, via this podcast because that, that would be really great. Right. If, you know, we had like previously somebody was having an issue with like a relationship and um, they didn't know how to approach it the right way. And we kind of gave like, you know, our insight yeah. on what we thought you right. know, might be a good approach. And now it's working out so uh, yeah. you know like we're always here to talk about it right so even if you don't if you want to have your story kind of help others you can bring it onto the podcast if not you can hit us up privately, yeah, yeah, privately. I, my DMs are open feel free to hit me up yeah, yeah. Any, any of us I think yeah um, yeah thank you for that uh, so uh, I guess I want to tell you guys this uh, story that happened to us two days ago um, so it was like we were coming back from uh, uh, Virginia um me and a few friends and uh so it was it was almost time for uh sahur which is when we uh start our fast in the morning uh, right in the like morning yeah so yeah it was, it was like so it was like you know two 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 a.m and so we stopped by we were like on the way we we're like all right let's just go to denny's um and it was kind of like in this uh weird area uh and uh we we get it in there and um it's like eight of us guys and um we walk in and there's like some people like giving us looks and stuff and um then we go and sit down we're like you know it's whatever about it and then uh these people start fighting behind us and like oh, what's going on whatever and then this guy this uh black guy he was like they're saying racist stuff about you guys and we were like oh what like that's about us what's going on? <laughs> like we're just over here chilling and um we're like hey it's, it's cool man don't worry about it like it's fine um and he was like no they're making like 7-eleven jokes this and that i was like all right well okay 7-eleven <laughs> jokes are like so old whatever yeah. it doesn't matter and um then they keep going now there's like the whole restaurant is like getting involved in this fight over us and we're all the way like on our own table like just having a good time <laughs> and you like, guys don't know what's going on. We well you know you know what's going on but like yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, but like we're like whatever you're not like, we don't, yeah we don't really like it's it, it's whatever like we've you hear stuff like that sometimes it's like also there's eight of us guys and there's like two of these guys that were like you know these rednecks with like um like fat and it was two of them and it's like right. we're not worried about any yeah. sort of like we're not trying to get physical or anything like we're where they were like i actually turned around i was like hey it's all good man we forgive you we love you no worries don't worry about it and uh they kept going for some reason other people got involved and the waitress comes over she's like how are you guys doing today i'm like uh, causing a problem clearly <laughs> like and she was like oh no like it's fine sorry don't worry about it or whatever i was like 
um okay well we so we ended up like we're just enjoying our meal whatever they're still fighting and then eventually people leave uh another guy comes in uh somebody that we knew and uh he was just passing by and he um he just we were like oh how are you doing like he's like oh i was just trying to catch a meal here it was like he's like a friend a friend of ours oh was and he coming to meet up with you guys no he wasn't okay, coming. He, okay. it just happened to be he was there so we we're like oh you can join us so he came over he joined us um and he got his food a little bit later but he just like went through it like ran through like a train and then he finished like my food too and then he just left and uh the lady was like yeah um so one of the people that were in the restaurant actually ended up paying for you guys um because she was sorry about like what happened and the funniest part was like this guy that came in he didn't know anything that happened previously (laughs) he came in ate his own meal ate my meal and left (laughs) and he didn't know anything that had happened and he he didn't pay for it free meal yeah free meal wait but he left and he didn't pay for his meal no no after after she had said that the meal's free cool all right he has no idea that what happened but yeah i mean the reason i was telling that story is just like sometimes people feel the need to like um always uh you know approach something in um in a confrontational way when sometimes the best thing that you can do is just be yourselves and you know like uh ignore what's happening because see he didn't say it to us he said it under his breath somebody else caught him and uh it was because he was too afraid to say it out loud right and that's the problem that he has with himself that he can't uh stand to see like brown people walking into a restaurant that he's eating at and so he felt the need to say something and we didn't care at all. We enjoyed ourselves. We were laughing, whatever, while people were fighting over us for no reason. And, and I appreciate, I told the, the black gentleman that I was like, yo, we appreciate it, man. Like, you know, you're trying to stand up for us and everything, but like, it's all good. Like, don't worry about it. Don't stress yourself. It's like, you see us, we're here. Nobody's threatening us. Nobody's causing, um, you know, nobody's ruining our day. We're fine. Right. Like, we're, we're having a good time. We actually ruined his day and right. just, just by existing. But, but by us just being nice and everything like that and having a good time, the, treating the waitress well uh you know it makes them look stupid because they're like right. oh like, yeah oh that was a stupid comment and yeah. i couldn't even say it out loud because i'm too afraid of what would happen so mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh well was brave of that black person to stand up for yeah because sure. you want to like, teach him a lesson or maybe yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. Um, it's nice. yeah it was very nice of him but um you know again like it's, it's it doesn't always have to be a serious thing and make it a whole mm-hmm. like i don't have to write a whole thing on facebook today we were threatened and this and that like yeah. sometimes yeah. it's just it's just it's all good and and people are going to learn from it and, and you have to realize that you know these people like those two people i can tell they grew up in the same town their entire lives and that's what they're used to and they're not used to seeing us but you know we're, we're used to seeing them though and we're used to you know traveling the world alhamdulillah like we're very blessed to do things like that and so it's it's our privilege um and our responsibility to act appropriately uh but for them it's like you have to be understanding that okay they're not comfortable with it uh that's that's a mm-hmm. uh, fault of their owner or their surroundings that they were grown up you know in in a disrespectful manner like you know that's you should respect everybody and and that's what it is but yeah um yeah so uh would you like to introduce our guest we have on today today's guest is sophia yeshi she is a half black half black well actually a quarter black a quarter white half pakistani um woman who is who identifies as queer so she has a very interesting unique story so let's get to know her and you know see some of the struggles that she uh faced growing up and everything like that so yeah sophia yeshi i peeked you from the corner of my eye standing right behind me in panera in the line my mind started racing quick to ask you for the time you have my concentration i was holding up the line you start to smile as I turn around to place my order. I slid the waitress extra cash not to let you pay. I wrote my number as I walked away. Yeah, that is funny though. Yeah. But um, so tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Sophia. Hi, Sophia. Hello. Hi, Sophia. <laughs> um, I'm a graphic designer, illustrator, and a creative. From I just Baltimore. saw some of your stuff too. It's really good. It's crazy. Thank awesome. you. It's insane. Thanks. Everybody, check me out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just a, a little bit of background about me. So um, I am mixed. I'm half Pakistani and half black and white. Um, so growing up, I was a lot closer with uh, my black side of the family. So most of my friends are black um, or people of color. Mm. So I don't have a lot of brown friends. Um, and I think it's mostly just because I wasn't raised around, um, you know, like brown side of my family. So I just naturally gravitated to what I knew. Okay. Do so. What do you mostly get like? I, I wouldn't I would never think that you're half Pakistani yeah. at all. What do you what what do people usually think that you are? 
Um, I get anything really. Like people think I'm Ethiopian, they think I'm Latina, they think okay. I'm um Dominican, just anything. Mm. Just <laughs> Very ambiguous. So, <laughs> so what was that like? I mean, growing up with uh, the mix of the cultures. Growing up, I was never really like confused. I always knew that I was mixed. I always knew, you know, where I came from um, and my roots. But I didn't have very strong ties. To, you know, it's it's, it's interesting because I'm I'm a quarter black and a quarter white, but I can't claim whiteness in the same way that I can claim mm. my blackness, you know? Mm, right. So it's always yeah. interesting, even though they're like, they're equal, they don't actually carry the same amount of weight. Yeah. Um, Cause and I could go somewhere and say I'm black, but I can't go anywhere and say I'm white. Like right. that, that just doesn't Even though make it's sense. the same. Exactly. It's just, it's just yeah. very interesting to me. So um, I've never, I haven't really felt that like pressure to choose that a lot of mixed people talk about. Like they feel like they have to, you know, decide if they're going to be this or that. I've always just tried to be like, I am all things that, you know, mm. whatever I make up is just me. So. Yeah, I've, I see on, like, your Instagram and stuff, like, you'll rotate between brown girl magic and black girl magic, yeah. and it's, like, you do a very good job of kind of, like, balancing out, or, you know, you the way that you identify, you can see very clearly that you will kind of, like, bounce between because you are all. Yeah, and I, it's, it's interesting, you know, I, I don't always know what to really call myself and you know sometimes it depends on if i'm wearing you know blackistani (laughs) if i'm with my um you know my pakistani family and then you know i'm kind of like this is clearly it's just it kind of just depends which which side like dad or mom who's what my dad's family is from pakistan my dad came here when he was eight okay and so how do you get along with that side of the family so we, we get along well. Um, when I was born, my dad's family wasn't very accepting um, because he wasn't married to my mom. So they were kind of like either marry this woman or we're not really going to have anything to do with the child. So oh, wow. um, I didn't actually meet anyone in my oh, dad's family until I was 15. Oh, wow. So really? yeah, part of that is because my, my dad was just... Um, I think just kind of hurt by the interaction and then wanted to just protect me. Yeah. So that's part of the reason why I'm not as close, you know, to the that side of things. Right. Um, and so you grew up with um, primarily which parent? So I, I uh, grew up with my mom, but moved in with my dad when I was 11. So then I was raised by my dad. Okay. So was that kind of a culture shock from being raised with a black and white mom or black and white mom? Yeah, right? Yeah, okay. Sure. And then going over and switching to a culture and Pakistani culture tends to be a little bit more overbearing than other cultures. <laughs> She's nodding. <laughs> yes, it was definitely. And it was, it was, it was, um, I was, yeah, I'll say it was a cultural shock because my mom was very loose and just kind of let me do like whatever I wanted. And then my dad was very strict, like, and he tried really hard to kind of like keep, you know, me in. But since I'd already been exposed mm. to the outside world, <laughs> I was like, no, like, he's like, no nail polish, no makeup, you know, lip gloss, none of that. So he, yeah, he tried very hard and he would like, um, he wouldn't let me wear certain clothes. He would take my clothes. And so... Yeah. So you went in, you said you moved in when you were 11. So how did you get along with uh, that side of the family if you hadn't seen them for so long? Well, I didn't meet them until I was 15. So that was my first introduction. Like I was around my dad, but I wasn't around anyone else in his family. Did you ever ask about that? Yeah, I did. Um, I I think it took a while actually for me to find out like what actually had happened. Mm -hmm. I just knew they weren't around. Like I didn't really know what why or like Mm. what had happened and then when I got a little older he told me and I started like meeting his family and they were all very nice and you know I think that when I was born it was a very troubling time in their lives and they just probably didn't have the capacity to really you know to just be receptive yeah but they I'm sure they they regret that and like we're um we have a relationship now and um they're they're very nice and they're very open do you have cousins like your age or anything yeah okay and and how are they towards you um they're pretty accepting i think it's interesting they just look at me like i'm an american they're not so they don't have the same like standards that they would have for like oh for each other yeah like like they're not like oh you know they know sophia grew up in you know in a very american like way in a very cult in american culture Mm -hmm. so they i don't think they look at me you know like they do my other family and with that does they treat you slightly differently do they do it in a way that bothers you at all or is it very like in an understandable type of way it's pretty yeah they're pretty open they're pretty um receptive i i'm kind of you know i'm like pretty much unapologetically like me 
and um, you know obviously I'm like respectful around family but there's only so much that I'm yeah. gonna like hold back and mm. um, you know I'm myself and they <laughs> when and you, they put up with it so when you were in like your when you were involved with the black community when you were yeah. younger did you receive any backlash for being like half Pakistani at all really i mean when i first like i changed schools like the middle of the school year in like second grade and i got a little bit of like teasing and stuff like that mm. and other than that actually i found that the black community it was very very accepting whereas i found that like the pakistani community is very exclusionary a lot of the time mm. and um they're not used to seeing mixed pakistani people yeah. so they didn't know what to do with me or uh, what to make of me yeah. and because i'm not muslim i don't speak urdu they weren't like is open to me. Even when I tried to make um, brown friends, I just kind of felt like we didn't have a lot to connect on. So it was just hard. Yeah, I would think that um, in the black community, it would be cool to be mixed with the Pakistani. In the Pakistani community, it would not be cool. Yeah. You know, because any black friends that I, uh, that I have, they always like, you know, uh, comment on uh, mixed couples, especially them being foreign. They mm -hmm. love, for some reason, they love that. And, um, Whereas in in the Pakistani community or Desi community in general, there's like a lot of like under the breath racism and yeah. Uh, right. So I don't know. Did you face any sort of like um, racism from uh, either community, especially getting older? I wouldn't say I faced like any racism, but I think also it's important to look at um, you know black culture. Um, because of like the one drop rule in America and you know slavery so if you were one drop black then you were black mm. so that's it just you know black people are just generally very accepting of mixed people because of that um, you know if you claim and accept your blackness then they they're gonna claim and accept you as well that's really been my experience like I thought about it I was like no one really ever said to me like you're not black but I've definitely had people say to me, you're not actually Pakistani. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's, okay, that's understandable. What religion did you uh, grow up practicing or kind of um, direction towards? Well, that's interesting, too. I didn't really grow up with any religion. Um, I had a lot of religions around me. My grandmother was Baptist. My mom was, like, practicing Buddhism. Then I had my dad, who's not um, really a practicing Muslim, but that's what he was raised. Mm. Um and then I had like my grandfather was agnostic so it was just like wow. always this constant <laughs> swirl of religions around me um, so I just really didn't go with any of them and just try to find my own path mm. so. did you ever explore any of those or like have a personal battle with them yeah I, I went to church a lot with my grandmother and, and you know my my mom's side of the family they would try to make me go to church all the time and I think I just was I was asking so many questions and it was very challenging for me to understand like the concept of i mean to be honest god and i i just didn't it didn't resonate with me it didn't make me feel whole um so i i just didn't find that i needed it in my in for my personal life so so adding to your uniqueness you also have another unique aspect that you're actually you actually identify as queer yes talk about that a little bit okay well um i'm queer <laughs> um i have a girlfriend um, I well, is that is that different than just gay? Well, it's really just it's up to you to how you define it. I mean, queer doesn't have to mean that you necessarily only date one gender. It, okay. Um, it's a little bit more open. It's kind of a broader term. Mm, okay. So Whereas then, lesbian so in, implies that you date women. Gay implies. You, it, it's just that's not bi either. It's like an open-ended term to yeah. that you don't okay. like follow. It's just kind of like an umbrella term, yeah. Okay. yeah. So that you don't follow like, by like it's not like the standards of society. It's like you're. It's kind of like outside of it. Okay. Yes. And so, when did you, uh, I guess, come out of the closet? Um. Or start to realize it and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I've always I've known for a while, and I think I um, explored this term of bisexual for a long time until I finally was like, "That's not it." <laughs> was Was it like scary at first, or like did you feel like very different? Or um, not actually. My mom is gay, so I didn't oh. I didn't say oh. that. But um, if anything, I didn't want people to think that it was like because of her. Mm -hmm. um, which is strange because no one would ever think you were straight because your parents are straight. But right. like that was always you know kind of in my head um and i like i i think my first time realizing it was probably when i was like eight or nine so it's been a while um, Wait, as far as go ahead i was gonna say as far as like the whole coming out thing like i don't really think i ever i, I mean i came out to like my dad but other than that there was never like oh i'm coming out it mm. was just 
you know, this is me. And if you know, you know. And if you don't, how'd your dad take it? He was fine. Oh, really? Yeah, he's pretty open. Oh, that's cool. And his side of the family? Well, they. (laughs) Or do they not know? Some of my family knows. I think the other ones know, and we just don't talk about it. Okay. Like, my, my mom's side, they know. They probably, I don't think they care. My dad's side, like, some of my cousins who live here, um, I'm, like, 100% sure that they know. We just don't talk about it. So, oh. Do you have any inspiration when it comes to your art or people who inspire you artistically? Yeah. Um, inspiration. I actually find inspiration in in everything. Um, I wouldn't say that there's like one artist that I look to. I get inspired a lot by women. Like a lot of my work is um, of women. And I I just, um, one, I just really want to represent and show like women of color especially. Like that's my ultimate goal. Um, create more work that can inspire and ultimately like, you know, focus on like body positivity and self-love and acceptance and things like that. Those are messages that I like really want to push. Um, but I have to push myself to make that art. So that's where I'm going next. Are you, do you involved with that with the LGBTQ community? Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay. Definitely. It's definitely important like to represent for, um, you know, queer women of color, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I want to also represent like my Pakistani side more in my art. I just don't always know how. And I don't want it to feel like I'm doing it, you know, just, just because. Yeah. yeah, I want it to feel like it's me and it's authentic and... Um, but I like I don't want to leave it out, you know, because right. it is a part of me. Mm-hmm. But I don't always know how to 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 do that. Well, You're, what part? What sorry. parts of it do you uh, of uh, both cultures do you like? What parts do I like? Yeah, mm-hmm. like what resonates most with you from both cultures? You know, I really really love like dressing up and wearing like you know shawarmies and like <laughs> getting like my mindy done and all that. Like I love that. Um, I love that that the more you put on, the better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're supposed to wear 45 Bengals and like <laughs> you can be extra with it. Yeah, it's very fun and um yeah, I love that. And you've a very like you you are very like into fashion. You're kind of like a little you're kind of like a fashionista Thanks. and you're always dressed very well and in bright colors. Yeah, and so that's why I love just like I love putting all of that on um and the food. You, oh, I really? Eat. What's your favorite food? I'm very basic. I eat chicken tikka masala like four times a week. Wait, that's lit though. That's, yeah. lit. that's not basic. The, what about like the, the spice only level? Thing, like medium spicy. Okay. I don't really, really like spicy that's, food. That's pretty good though. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get to explore language? Not really. Because like I said, my dad um, came here when he was pretty young. Mm. So okay, the only so thing so. he ever taught me was how to say my name in order. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like my Meta, name. Metanam, hey Sophie, right? right. That's yeah, it, yeah. Right? yeah. That's literally the only thing I know how to say. <laughs> um... What was uh, what was the most challenging part of uh, y- all of your experiences growing up? The most challenging part, my my childhood was very tumultuous, um, as you can imagine. What does that word mean? Tumultuous means like rough and okay. kind of crazy. Um, so as you can imagine, like mo- living, you know, with a pa- one parent and then moving with a different parent is mm. very is very challenging and very stressful. So it was just constant like chaos and rearranging and. Um, and then also this kind of theme of like not being accepted and you know this whole with my dad's family of rejection and so it, it was just a lot um but i think i'm at a place now where i've had to because of the way i grew up i'm very independent and um you know i can do things for myself and i don't really need anyone to do things for me and so i'm like i'm all right yeah you seem very like positive i mean at least the way that we see you right now so (laughs) it's it's hard to imagine like you know you having to um figure all of this out but you made it congratulations thanks (laughs) yeah it's uh currently pride month right yeah so what what do you do on uh during pride month what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? Like, you, do you specifically. Oh, me. I was like, what do you or, do? I mean, I mean, do? Or in general, do? too. I mean, in I general, too. You. Like, because, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with it at all besides knowing that it is Pride Month. So Pride Month is really just a celebration of all things, you know, LGBTQ. Um, it is fun. You know, Pride Parade is just everyone, you know, having fun and on a parade and celebrating just, you know, just <laughs> being queer. Like yeah. it's, yeah, it's so much fun. And it's it's really amazing just to be in a space where you know that you're surrounded by like-minded people. 
um, just, you know, the comfort. Like, you know when you're around people that you don't know at all, like, and you... Hold on, let me just think about how I want to say that. It's like Comic-Con. Like, yeah, like, you're around, is, like, your people. Like, those like are your nerds, folks. Yeah. Like, you know how it feels to just be around people yeah. that are like you and you just feel comfortable. Like, you yeah. can be unapologetically yourself. Right. So I can kind of compare that by saying, like, I know when I go to a certain... I don't really go to clubs, but there are certain times when I've, like, gone to clubs and I don't like clubs. Why? Because I get hit on by guys. Because, you know, the culture just doesn't feel right to me. But when you go to certain places where you know, like, oh, if I go to a queer club, I know that... Um, I feel comfortable there. I know that I'm not going to get hit on most likely in the same way. I know that me and my girlfriend can feel comfortable holding hands and dancing and that I'm not going to get these weird looks. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just like it feels really good to me to be in a place where other people are like me. Um, that's the biggest reason why I enjoy Pride. Do you see uh, any problems within uh, that society? Um, in the LGBTQ society that mm-hmm. you you feel like, you know, this could be bad for our community? Yes, there are tons of... I don't personally think that I am, a, a, you know, like a spokesperson. Yeah. So I don't know. For your own experiences. I mean, yeah. We, uh, yeah, I just... Yeah. I'm trying to, like, think about what I think is really important. Um, I would say that people need to get a lot better with their understanding of i think trans issues and also in general about like gender non-conforming people um and pronouns you know we're all learning about pronouns we're all learning yeah. you know what what's acceptable and what's becoming acceptable um and I, and I know there's a lot of resistance especially from older people who have told me like well i don't feel like i should have to do this or do that and i'm like telling them like listen we've had to learn you have to learn as well it's really mm-hmm. not taking anything out of your day to change someone's pronoun to say they or not assume someone's gender. I know it's it's weird at first. Um, it's awkward, it, yeah. It's a, it can be a little bit awkward, but you never know if that person that you're addressing as um, she or he doesn't identify that way. And yes, they can correct you, but I mean, you you guys know, like there are a lot of spaces where people probably don't feel comfortable doing that. So I'm not perfect, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying it's something that like I try to actively make sure that I'm thinking about it or like my girlfriend will tell me like don't call the waitress like she or Matt ma'am or whatever and I'm like why but then I'm, she said well I've had people ask me not to do that so mm. it's See, just something to think what, about that's what's like hard for me to uh yeah wrap my head around maybe because it's like you're trying to be polite right but then it's like but should I be conscious of like you know could they be identify something else and that's always like hard for I guess the outsiders that aren't familiar with, yeah. um, you know, the pronouns and everything like that. Like, how are what, we? Should we just like, you know, what do we say to just? Yeah. What can we do as people who are from the outside to be more, like, understanding and accepting? Or accepting and so generally, I found that people don't mind if you ask them what their pronouns are. There may be some people who get offended because they're like, of course I'm a woman. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you can just say, well, I just want to make sure that I'm respecting you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or just use people's names. If you don't know, just call them their name. Right. Maybe around where you live, too. Because if you, you, like, ask somebody what their pronoun is where I live, Mm -hmm. it'd be like, (laughs) yeah, we don't do that around here. (laughs) Like, literally, that's, you know, it's very conservative and, like, they would they would mind it if you asked. That's what I'm saying. There are some people who yeah. are going to, yeah. but like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, don't like pull your hair out over it. But I'm I'm just saying like I try to be. We're I'm, to I'm step learning. Yeah. Like there's yeah. there's still things that I don't do great, but I'm I'm learning. And like every time I have some interaction, and you know I assumed someone's whatever, and it just teaches me like okay, remember like just keep working on it. Hmm. You know what I mean? I think for the most part, like. At least in my experience, like I don't deal with somebody who has corrected me of like a pronoun. So then, uh, you know, it also depends on like how many people are there that you would have to sort of uh, be conscious of that for. Or do you kind of like use your own judgment? I guess that? it's in the area too, right? Because yeah. yeah, like in Baltimore, it's like a very LGBTQ heavy community, especially in Mount Vernon. Is that true? Well, your sexuality doesn't really have to do anything with how you identify, like your gender. Those aren't... Explain that. You know what I mean? So I'm queer, but I, I use she, her so, pronouns. Yeah. I'm... Um, you could you could be straight or whatever. I'm sorry. How do I? I'm sorry. Hold on. Well, you're going somewhere with that you could be straight, but it can be any other gender, right? 
Like, yeah. If you, so your sexuality doesn't yeah. have anything to do with the gender that you yeah. identify with. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. those two are completely different. So, you, so like you could be a straight man but still identify as she. Wait, but then you're not, a, you're not you're a not a man. man. So you're, you're just just straight. straight. Remember, yeah. we're talking about your sexuality. Straight. Like you, you could be a straight girl. Right. Straight woman. Straight woman. Uh, we're we're getting a little too, um, <laughs> <laughs> a little too um, deep into it. But all I'm saying is like, just because Mount Vernon has a lot of queer people, doesn't have anything to do with how people identify as far as like their their gender. Okay. You know what I mean. Um, and this isn't I, I wasn't trying to like harp on this topic either I was just saying like that is something to like remember yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm glad that we yeah. did because it is it is confusing as yeah. we have just it figured is confusing out, so. yeah that's my point like it's confusing like <laughs> I don't have it figured out yeah. and um, you know I just know that that's something that people need more awareness about yeah. in general mm-hmm. like they just need to know that you can't always assume people's gender that you know it's usually okay to ask um, if you're not sure, then just ask because people will typically respect you if you do, unless yeah. you, you know, have people who are very conservative and use your judgment. Yeah. It's people uh, see me from the back of the head and sometimes they're like, excuse me, ma'am, like, where's the bathroom? <laughs> but I'll just turn around and be like, oh, right there. And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, it's all Don't good. assume. Don't it's assume. See? No, I think it's funny. It's all good. Uh, being Pakistani and Muslim, we often talk a lot about issues um that we have within our own community because it's like you know obviously there is uh people from the outside that uh affect us a lot um but it's like what can we do to better ourselves and and present ourselves better i definitely know that you know like not everybody in the lgbtq community is on the same page when it comes to like every single issue um and what they think about those because i know like um when uh caitlin jenner came on ellen and uh, she was saying, like, you know, gay marriage. She was, like, not for it. And that was kind of a weird thing for everybody to yeah. understand because it's like, wait, like, you've been singled out and um, that's not cool for you to, like, you know, say that this person can't live their lives this way when you're choosing to do something that a lot of people wouldn't be accepting of, too. Well, there are definitely other issues. I mean, I would say one of the biggest issues is that trans women, especially trans women of color, black trans women, sex workers are getting murdered at very, very high rates. Like every other day, every day, really, I'm seeing, you know, just like just how, you know, black people in general are getting murdered by the police. It it is affecting trans women very heavily because there is so much ignorance, hatred and violence in our society that, you know, and internalize a lot of like repressed stuff, you know, I'm sure. So and there's questions like I remember on the radio on 92Q, they were asking like, what would you do if someone you were seeing or dating, you know, lied to you about their gender and they were really um, trans. And then people were like, I would murder them on the rate, like jokingly. Wow. But this is on the radio. And I'm like, that's perpetuating <laughs> literally violence. Like right. that's that's someone who could meet someone and they be trans and not know which they're not tricking you they don't know people don't have to tell you mm-hmm. um and then they get murdered like that's how that happens mm-hmm. so i don't i don't think i was very turned off by hearing that on the radio so as um just because i'm ignorant to this to what point do you think that someone doesn't have to tell someone when it's in a personal relationship when two people are like wanting to get into an intimate relationship is there a point at all that somebody who is um, trans, trans yeah. that does have to kind of I notify think, that person. I mean, you or? definitely should tell someone if you're getting into a relationship with them because mm-hmm. that's just like, you know, something that they should know. Just like you would tell your partner if you have kids. Like, imagine if you start dating someone and then two months later you're like, <laughs> yeah. you have kids? Where the hell your kids been? Right. Like, you know, it's just it's something yeah. important. But I'm saying, like, you don't have to say on the first date. Yeah. As soon as you meet someone, hi, I'm so-and-so and I'm trans. Like, that's that's not the kind of discretion that needs to happen because... You know, you shouldn't assume that someone would dislike you just because of the way that you were born. Like, yeah. right. You know what I mean? Um, definitely. Like I said, I mean, I'm not the, I'm not the one who gets to decide, but I would if, you know, in my opinion, that if you were to date someone, then, you know, that would be the time to let. Yeah. That, I don't know. When do you bring that up? Like, that's. It's That's up to that person. Very hard. Yeah. But but the but if you look at it, the other side is the the fear of getting murdered. So it's like, mm. let me wait until I feel them out to see if they're gonna even be receptive to that. You know, maybe they'll yeah, maybe say like something. Maybe like throw hints or something in some way or, or like another. bringing up like taboo topics such as like tra- being transgender or things about the. Or not even that. Community. Like just you know talking about whatever and like seeing the reaction to things. Yeah. If they're like overly. Uh, 
masculine or something like that. I don't know. Right. right. Like, like, like seeing, like, is this person who I'd even want to tell that to? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. And if not, well, it's not going to happen anyway. So I didn't need to open myself up to the possibility of violence. Like, yeah. right. You know what I mean? So then th- those comments where people say, well, if they didn't tell me, and it's like, then I would kill them. Well, that's why you would have, maybe you will still would have still did that if they did tell you. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, do you know about the, uh, the trans community in Pakistan by any chance? I know a little bit about it, but not too much. Yeah, we have like a lot Pretty of. Big. Uh, it's transgender, right? Yeah, it's transgender, yeah. transgender community mm-hmm. in there, like one of the biggest in the world. But mm-hmm. they actually like in, on their forums and stuff like that. Now they're actually uh, putting that as one of the options, so you could be man, woman, or yeah. um, they have like a whole system, yeah. like of how the transgender like There's community like a school is. of them. Yeah, now too. like There's you're like separate school. You're supposed to have like a There's mentor. There's separate school. Also, the way that they, a lot of them, the way that they survive is through entertainment. Uh-huh. So um, it's a lot less respectable than how we have it in considered drag here like you know we look at drag as a form of art yeah. in you know america more so over there it's like solely entertainment but not respected like a, like a circus almost but like uh, for example like weddings and stuff they'll have them they'll call them up they'll call them out to come and perform for the wedding really and then you know kind of go and that's kind of their thing there's also um a documentary that we all watched together called how gay is pakistan, how gay is pakistan? and oh. they had these underground communities mm-hmm. where um they were hidden and like transgender people and people who were gay would kind of congregate but they were all in secrecy you should check that stuff out because it's it was very oh, interesting well, I definitely will. yeah do you have any plans of uh traveling anywhere traveling anywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm actually going to south africa at the end of the year for two weeks Ooh. um there is a group in baltimore called brioxi also the owners of dovecoat cafe if you've ever been there um it's a black owned it's actually a queer black owned coffee shop in reservoir hill and the owners um are really amazing and building a network of a network, a, a <laughs> network of um, <laughs> a network of um, you know people of color, specifically Black people, um, you know, to connect and network with. Um, and so, one of the owners has Brioxi. It's like a, a program for like innovators of color, I guess. Okay. And so, they are taking um, about thirty or so people to South Africa. So I am so excited! I can't. So, wait. what are you going to be doing there? just being there i mean they have some they have some activities some like dinners and stuff planned but for the most part it's pretty open we get to explore we'll be in johannesburg oh nice i've never actually traveled outside of the country outside of like some random cruises so this will be uh, unless i like go to somewhere you know before um the end of the year but would you ever go to pakistan i knew that was coming (laughs) (laughs) that's why when you said are you have any plans to travel i was like where um i think i would i'm not ready yet because Mm -hmm. i would i think it would be a big big culture shock for me oh yeah it's a culture shock for For us us. yeah Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly because like especially with me like i have to go like with family yeah and not speak to anyone because (laughs) i don't i wouldn't want to do something wrong but um do you feel like there's wild people over there trust me no we met like my um so my cousin got married over the summer and her cousins came from Pakistan and I was like wait they're more chill than any of my cousins here oh yeah for um, sure I mean yeah. even religion wise like people over there are, uh, like yeah which is isn't not that interesting really yeah it's interesting how like a lot of people will come here and maybe like in the culture in like the 70s or whatever when they came here in Pakistan was like super strict and then yeah I think they have I think to like establish it's also clinging on to what they have as well because when you're surrounded by a society that has none of that whereas when you're a society that yeah. only has that mm-hmm. then you try to hold on to pieces of your identity the best that you can and that yeah. just turns into like super super like um just like you said like fiercely protecting what you know right and whereas like in pakistan like that's not even it's not even really as strict or some people maybe but right. like generally like in casual. cities and stuff it's yeah. casual yeah yeah and i mean you have like the mosque at like every corner yeah. and there's yeah the it's like, goes off it's much stuff. easier like, too yeah like it's more chill and but like, here when you don't have those yeah. things it's like you have to establish it yeah. so that right. you know like because there you're not you're not afraid of losing it yeah it's always right. there like amber was saying but here right. it's like hey we gotta we gotta establish something and we gotta like especially the people that come here first they're like all right we have to set a good example so that the kids will follow afterwards but there's right. like it's around you all the time and and they're like uh there's a lot of people that um that want to do things that aren't available to them, like, you know, getting alcohol or like, you, you know, how are we talking about like the 
the trans community uh, hidden even uh, gay community all of that is like so hidden because it's like they want something that they that is not the norm Mm -hmm. um and so when they come here and everything is available to you then that's when you can be like okay well i have the option of Mm -hmm. having whatever but i don't need it and that's when you can become more religious uh whereas there it's like you know you you don't know what's out there and you're just like craving that maybe that's what a lot of it like for example like my family's from like the village Mm -hmm. and it's theirs are more from the city and so i'm like eight hours from the city yeah and for us a lot of our religion is very deeply intertwined with culture in itself so instead of just having it be like muslim and like oh we're doing these things because we're muslim it's like oh it's the identity of being from pakistan and the rituals that they're used to be doing so things that you don't have to do they're like you know for example like you don't have to wear shalwar kameez to be a muslim but over there to wear something that's not exactly that but still covering is still like well why are you wearing that but then again they're from the city and that's complete like the complete opposite Mm -hmm. do you know where you're uh you were seeing the cousins that came from over there where they live. Where they're from in there, yeah. I think they live in Karachi. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's where he's from. Yeah, that's where my dad's from. Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah, when they came, they were just telling us about the culture, which was a, even a shock to my other cousins because, you know, they don't they don't live there. They visited, but mm. they were like, you know, the one guy, he gets food poisoning because he eats just anything off the street. <laughs> he just me. eats any just, like, trash from the street. Mm-hmm. Um and you know she's a photographer and that's what she does for a living and it's all cool except like you know there's you just go and travel with people who have guns whenever you need to go anywhere yeah, that's true. Oh, um wow. and, and you're an artist so like you would actually really appreciate like the art uh scene over there because people mm-hmm. are very appreciative of art we have um nca which is national college of arts mm-hmm. and it's, oh, it's yeah. really like you know renowned on that side of the world so uh yeah i mean if you'd ever be interested in it like you should definitely at some point yeah. check out that part because it's like uh you know you never know what you could kind of find over there similarly have you ever been into like bollywood no not really okay. you know i've seen a few things and there's still definitely a lot of those issues like i said of colorism and mm. little racism sprinkled in and here and there and some some kind of you know misogynistic Mm-hmm. But I, I can't write the whole thing off. I just haven't yeah. watched much of it. Like, we so. just watched, me and Frost's sister mm-hmm. just recently went to go watch uh, Veer the Wedding. Mm-hmm. And not only did they, like, have the topic of, you know, they had people in there who were gay, but they didn't make it a big deal. They didn't yeah. talk about it. He was just gay, and it was just there. Um, which was a interesting concept for yeah. Bollywood movies because they don't really do that. Um, they had openly, like, the party scene and this and that. Like, it was... Like, I feel like Bollywood is making a step in the direction towards kind of becoming more open to the point where Pakistan banned it. Really? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ban anything. You're just, like, yeah. close to a kiss scene? Like, nope. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they remove kiss, kiss scenes. Yeah. I know that in Saudi Arabia, they're lifting, they lifted their ban on movies, and then the first movie that they were going to allow to play was Black Panther. Oh, but I, I wonder wow. what that edited movie looks like, though. Right. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to, uh, you know, tell us about, talk about, or anything like that? We're getting close to wrapping up, but... Okay. Um, I was just thinking about um, the cultural differences between, like, my black family and, like, my Pakistani family. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is when I'm around my Pakistani family, um, everyone has to put on this face and this facade. Like, you're not really allowed to be yourself around your family. Um, so when I go around my family, I know that I'm going to talk about, you know, school, my career. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you're not, they're not going to be, you know, maybe they're asking me when I'm getting married because yeah. they don't know that I have a girlfriend. But like, it's, it, we're not going to really get to the surface. Yeah. I mean, to pass the surface, the surface. Of, right. of, you know, issues. And it's that, uncomfortable for you. A little bit, um, and I, and I also noticed that like kind of it, because I'm an outsider. Like my my aunt, who's like I can't dance because my husband's not here, and I'm thinking like you have three kids, right? <laughs> like, but you can't. It, I just can't, I can't like wrap my head around it because I wasn't raised in that culture, mm. and to me it feels very restrictive. And I think that's a lot of what the what it I guess what it is was based off of is you know this idea of taking away temptation, and that's right right has that has that uh created like you know obviously unintentional but judgment that you have towards uh pakistani people that you meet or you know when you see them are you ever like dang like 
feel bad for them. Or... I'm, I try not to mm-hmm. feel that way because, you know, everybody is different. And just like a lot of people look at arranged marriages like they're terrible and they're this and they're that. And I and I see that, you know, they're not always bad. Like they're not the worst thing in the world all the time. And especially now, like women have more of a say. Um, and I also have to look at it like that is that that is the culture. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. I'm, I'm not there so I can look from the outside looking in and say, oh, this is terrible and this is that. Just like people look at um, Muslim people, Muslim women that wear hijab and they think, oh, they're oppressed or whatever. But right. And I used to think like that. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, I can't view everything with an American lens because people in the culture don't always feel that way. Yes, mm-hmm. there are things that are oppressive and restrictive. Um, but again, to, to everyone, it's not always like that. You mm-hmm. know, it's just what you know. Right? Yeah. Would you guys right. agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, just uh, as you as you grow older and you see how everybody sort of individually makes their decisions and and seeing, you know, for us at least like seeing the Pakistani perspective and the American perspective, you get why uh why both sides feel like, you know, that there are either uh issues that they have within mm-hmm. their own communities, uh issues that they have with other communities and uh things that you know that they're completely okay with and and that other societies tell them that is not okay like how you're mentioning hijab like uh similarly with modesty Mm -hmm. and that's something where it's like sometimes people within a sort of modest culture or you know modest family whatever or themselves when they're modest will view something outside of that as like okay well that's uh that's uncomfortable for me right and it's not just about like religion or anything it's just like you know what if i if I'm not modest, that's uncomfortable for me. Yeah. The same way that, you know, somebody that is does not cover up as much would be like, you know what, covering up that much would be uncomfortable for me. So you have to see it on both ends. But um, it's about, you know, obviously I think you've you've grown to uh, definitely understand both perspectives and, and you had to live mm-hmm. through it. Um, yeah. You didn't really have a choice. But <laughs> um, for, for us, we can only do as much as like understanding and having these conversations like we're having right now too. Because... You know, I was ignorant to a lot of the things that you've mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> and so uh, it's, it just helps to have these conversations. I yeah. think. Absolutely. That's what it takes. Actually, I do want to bring this up. So um, a huge issue for me and one of the reasons why I don't have a lot of brown friends is um, and, you, you know, I don't even know if you guys do this, but um, I am not OK with non-black people saying the N-word. Um, oh, yeah. And I was at the club last night. I was in D.C. for Pride um, and, you know, Drake's Nice For What came on. And he says, and we're in the song, and there's a girl, um, she starts singing along and she says it. And she, you know, she looked white to me. And my girlfriend said, that girl was singing along. So I went up to her and I said, hi, um, are you white? And she said, um, no, I'm Indian. And I said, why are you saying the N word? She was like, what? I'm like, you're singing along. Why are you, you know, you shouldn't be saying that. And she said, I've dated black guys. Oh, <laughs> oh what a weird. And I was like, girl you know you're wrong and one of her friends pulled her away but i was just like i i don't know why i think that um a lot of people of color think that they because they're they're a person of color that they 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 share experiences enough that they can but you know that word was never used against them in that way so Mm. it it doesn't belong to you you know you don't have the right to say it and that is a huge issue for me that people feel entitled to it yeah I, I also I would say that there like for us we you know whenever we these come we, we highlight a lot of stories where you know somebody used the n-word we're not where they're not supposed to and for us we're just like if you're not black don't say like that's for oh, us it comes right. as common sense yeah. but yeah. but I think in the environment that I grew up in versus the environment that you know somebody like let's take the rapper Nav for example I don't know if yeah. you're familiar with mm-hmm. him, but um in Toronto like this is He's surrounded by, he said he grew up in like, you know, all black neighborhood and everything. And so for him, he's always taken it that, uh, you know, his black friends would always say it to him. Mm-hmm. They expect him to say it back. And so that was his norm growing up. And so now looking at it in that way, I'm just like, you know, does he know that uh, that's wrong or that could be considered wrong? And he did end up like, he was like, he doesn't use it in his songs anymore. Yeah. Which like. But he probably still but that was it in person. You know? Yeah, but that, that's where I see, like, you know, for those people, mm-hmm. how it might be confusing. Again, like, it's not my place to, uh, because I'm not black, so I don't, get yeah. to, I don't get to decide that. But I also consider, could it be confusing for them? The same way that, you know, we were talking about pronouns and all these things. Like, 
that people just don't know any better or, you know, they're, they're trying to learn or whatever. But Well, I don't know if I can use the excuse that people just don't know any better. I think that, um, like I said, they feel like they are maybe a part of that group or that they have faced a similar oppression mm. and, and that gives them the, the right to, con- they, they have like buy-in and they can say it. But mm. um, uh, I've actually had some conversations, not about UB, but just with other people like, hey, you know, you really shouldn't be saying that. And they're like, I grew up in the hood. Mm. I'm like, you grew up in Woodlawn. Like, it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Like, some people grew up in, in a lot around a lot of black people. But honestly, a lot of a lot of the guys who say it, they didn't. Mm. Yeah. They didn't. They say it with their friends. Um, yeah. And they, because they know their friends aren't going to call them on it. Right. Well, so. also, like, see, this is where it gets confusing because it's like, you know, we have uh, rappers like 6ix9ine uh, and, and Lil Pump mm-hmm. and, and they're not, not black, black either. I don't listen yeah. to them. And, and then, but they never but they, get called out. Yeah. They've never they get called out by anyone and they're constantly around that culture even though that doesn't make it right for them to say it. It's definitely wrong. But it's, it's not confusing for the kids. For the kids for the who then kids. are also of Dominican descent and Puerto Rican descent and Mexican descent who are watching those people and saying those words and they're not being called out for it. Well, there's a lot of people who believe that um, Latino people are black, but they're not They're not all black, definitely not. Um, but I think that the the they are are it's easier for them to allow... Um, someone from like South America to say mm-hmm. it than somebody from like Pakistan or whatever because you you right. have no connection yeah. like you you're not close yeah. at all you yeah. know what I mean like mm-hmm. that's a that's a definitely uh, a stretch but yeah. yeah and then we also brought up the Kendrick Lamar conversation yeah that I don't know if you heard about that where like Kendrick Lamar uh, had a show and he brought oh up the a white girl on the stage yeah, yeah, she started yeah, singing yeah. along yeah, yeah. and <laughs> she was <laughs> she was like 14 and she was 14 he, no i don't think she was 14 I think that she was girl looked like that. she was yeah. like in her in her 16 20s. and 17 i think oh well from what i thought i thought she was like younger but uh-huh. like having a white girl come up there and sing a song that has so many of those words mm-hmm. like that's also like a fault on kendrick's part to one like call up a girl who isn't black to come and say that when it's like every other word or to at least clear that up because then he basically put her out there to say these things and now she's getting all this backlash when she should know better when i don't know i'm gonna stop yeah i just think she should know better i just it, think I just, like i think, I think ultimately enough, the responsibility yeah. comes on the person right, right. but, but like, i also kendrick, feel like, like it's it's kendrick should also like i think he he knew what he was doing when he did that i mean he probably did he probably did that to test her but like I just feel like we can't I, I just only give people but so much because there is so much knowledge in the world there is sure. you have to you also got to think about like risk management before you say things yeah. especially as a public rapper or public speaker or yeah, whatever yeah. like you know how is this going to come off to my audience yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so for nav you know he knows his audience is comprised of a lot of different people a lot mm-hmm. of them are black you have to they know that i'm brown right i'm a brown person saying the word is that problematic probably like he could have him and his management company could have figured that out Mm -hmm. so to a certain extent it's you can't say ignorance because you have a team of people who have to listen to that song before that (laughs) gets on your your um album you know what i mean yeah Yeah. and then like uh we also mentioned that um on on kendrick's label there's schoolboy q Mm -hmm. who uh before he starts his shows he's he said that he makes all the white people in the crowd say the n-word to clear up the tension and this is the person that's on the same label so this is why i say yeah. that you know it's me i know that at the end of the day the responsibility falls on the yeah. individual Most right times. but when you but when you have you know this and then you have a highlight like oh white girl says the n-word at a kendrick concert but why doesn't kendrick call out Lil pump and uh and six nine and all yeah. these and nav or whoever mm-hmm. why is it that you know that we 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 make fun of these people that mm-hmm. are that are up there that you know don't have that um social influence and everything but the but the big people that are doing it like kendrick won't call them out you know so i don't know i don't know (laughs) like who does who is who is also like is isn't that responsibility as well like if you're going to say to this person shouldn't you say to everyone i don't know I, I mean, I agree. I agree, but I think that's also not a reason to give someone a pass. Like, no, a, nobody gets a, nobody a gets a pass. pass. Nobody yeah. gets a pass. It's just the people who do end up getting confused have like these reasons to be confused. But ultimately, it's not. It's never a. But pass. there are people that have a pass, like that are doing it right now. They right. they by by not saying anything, you're giving them a pass. That's right. what I'm saying. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. 
I, I mean, I, I know, I know what long. you, I know what you mean. I know that it's not a cut and dry, a clear cut. Yeah. Who gets to say it? Who's the decider? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's not like an official. Yeah. Well, it should be if you're not black, don't say it. <laughs> it should right. be absolutely. Yeah. But like, but there are all always these those questions. In, yeah, there's always know? those questions. Like, well, what if you are raised in the hood and all your friends are black and that's just part of your your lexicon at the point? Mm. It's like you gonna tell somebody remove a word that they 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 you know been saying their whole life and. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some people are going to tell you no, not right, to say yeah, it. Yeah, so sure. it's, I think it's it's really learning and navigating um, and knowing your audience. Like yeah. I said, if mm-hmm. you know that when you're around your friends, they're not going to check you on it. I mean, no one else is really going to know. I can't, mm-hmm. I don't want, I, don't, I think it's wrong, but yeah. I can't stop yeah. you. But I think you got to, like I said, know your audience, yeah. like know who yeah. you're around. Mm-hmm. I well, think it's, yeah. I think it's also a time change too. Like yeah. we were all definitely a lot more aware of it now, whereas even like eight years ago, even 10 years ago, like it was more common for almost everybody except for the white person to say that word. And now we're really calling people out for it. And I think it's good to start calling on people who aren't supposed to be saying it. But it's, again, it's in that middle part of the time where things are changing and people are need to know what they need to know, but everybody's not there yet. Um, And I want to say lastly, like, with all the identities that you that you have um i hope that you always feel like you know that that all all of that is a part of you and mm-hmm. not that like you know sometimes even us people will say like okay like uh you're not pakistani anymore you're not muslim anymore because you've done this right so for you i hope that you always uh hold on to all of your identities and that you're always you know you're like you know what like yeah there is a pakistani side to me there is a black side to me there's a white side to me and so I'm going to do this because, um, and I'm going to be proud to be whoever I am. And I think you're already that way. But I hope you never feel like you're, even though that you will get judged and everything like that. I, th- <laughs> I hope you always uh, are, uh, you know, you feel like you're still representing a culture and, and you're your own, um, you know, person. You don't have to, like, be the spokesperson of it, but yeah. you still are allowed to, like, you know, be proud of who you are. Right? Yeah, so, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we're, we actually close off the podcast with uh, a question that we ask every single guest. Okay. And uh, Shamir, if you want to ask. If you could describe yourself in any flavor, what flavor would it be and why? Neapolitan, because Neapolitan ice cream is black, white, and pink. And I'm black, white, and Pakistani. And I feel like that's a pretty good representation of, of the my pink? identity. With the pink? I don't know. Maybe pink. Try. Try. Maybe <laughs> pink is <laughs> pink is um, Pakistan. But yeah. Well, thank you again. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on here and having this conversation. I hope you had fun too. I did. But yeah, thank you for educating everybody. Thanks. And uh, for everybody listening, it's been another week, another flavor, a little less stranger. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah.